display if we're going to give the, the time if we're saved to, uh, as we sung that last song. And if you're lost, he's given you this extra time that you may come to know him. And we say, tell it like it is. brother prayed for our country. And when you tell it like it is, our country's in trouble. It really is. But this morning, we want to preach on the subject, tell it like it is concerning ourselves. We're in trouble. You may not think so, but every one of us has broken God's laws, ignored them, rejected them so often that if there was a counter in the shape of a dial ticking off every time you lied or covet something, it's just spin like a fan. And when I say lie, I'm not saying that you're telling me a lie or you're telling your husband or wife alive, but we who profess to be saved, we have been set apart for the service of God. Not just on Sunday morning, but seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. And we just can't imagine, you know, we... uh, go to a restaurant. And, uh, it's hard to find a restaurant that don't sell liquor. And it's eat, drink, and be merry. But we could say, don't believe me. Let's take a look. Take a look at God's Word. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. When we look at the beginning with verse 9, God said, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulter, idolaters, or adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. When I just read verse 9, and I go out in public. Uh, we ate at the steakhouse on, for my birthday over to Mount Sterling. I think they have one over Georgetown. And uh, there was a group of younger people, you know, and 
Kim looked at me because she knows that I've got a habit of saying what I think. And in some places you can't say what you think, but I'd get in trouble. And there was a group over there, you know, they had 14 different colors of hair and tattoos on the face and tattoos on the neck. And, and, and what really upset me was most of the women had on slacks, which most women wear slacks. They, but they had one, whatever it was, that had a skirt on. And I said, if God made you a man, why are you saying being a man? No. And it isn't that. The problem is that anything goes, and if you say anything, you're wrong. You know, just accept me as I am. Well, God said in verse 9 that, uh, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, or nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. I'll let you do your own reasoning. I think that when you think you're so ugly, you've got to put tattoos all over your face and neck. You've got a problem. But that's them. That's not their biggest problem. The biggest problem is they don't know Christ. They don't know Christ. But when I look at this world in general, there's very little difference in how the saved and the unsaved act, except on Sunday morning or Sunday night, which is almost a thing of the past. Wednesday night is already flew out the door. And we chalk it up, Brother Vine said, Such, we're living in the last days. Well, if I'm saved, and I am, and I believe we're living in the last days, and I do, I pray that God will give me an opportunity to talk to those people. Because they're one heartbeat away from hell unless God saves them. And no, I'm not saying because a, a human being that was born a male want to be a woman that he's lost. You know, I, He's got a very deep spiritual problem. But that's not his real problem. His real problem is he's lost and on his way to hell and we... Don't want to touch these people. 1977, when I became the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Temple. Y'all know Mr. Brown, he's already dead. I don't want to talk about the dead, so I just use that as an illustration. But he did me a big favor. He said, uh, knocking on my door, he would see election, and he said, Reverend, I'm going to give you some inside information. And he said, those people who live up there by the hospital, across from the hospital, they would never come here. And the people over here, they're drunks and drug addicts. You don't want them here. 
you know, and he went on for about 10 minutes. And I said, Mr. Brown, could you give me a list of the people that I could visit? You know, according to some people, we have taken a group of people and they're lost, they're on the way to hell, and they're hopeless. I was hopeless. You were hopeless until God sent somebody, puts you under some preaching, some teaching that cracks. We don't do cracks anymore. We're ashamed, I guess. But God said in James chapter 2 and verse 10, God said, For whatsoever shall, that whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. I break that law every day. I don't love God with all my heart, soul, and mind every day. I want to. But when he died on the cross and that blood was applied to me, it covered every sin I would ever commit. So I've got something that the biggest part of the world does not have. I've got a guaranteed trip to glory when I die. We need to tell it like it is. Galatians chapter 5. When we look at Galatians chapter 5, beginning with uh, verse 19, I believe, God said this. He says, Galatians 5, verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, and hearses, envies, murders drunkenness, reviling, and such like of which I tell you before and I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I had a preacher tell me, he said, but you know, what God meant was that we shouldn't do these things. But that's not what God said. God said if we're practicing these things, we're lost. And we cannot enter the kingdom of God until we're saved and we repent of those sins and we have a new lifestyle. But when I look at Christianity today and I look at people everywhere, the only difference is that they now belong to a church. They now attend when nothing else is going on. That's telling me like it is. I had a 
family member, you know. And if you follow Facebook, you probably know who this person is. But she said, I, I just enjoy your preaching. And then she called me and and she told, I, I told her one day that, you know, when I preach, you know, just regularly, Dora would ask me on the way home, are you sick? What do you mean? She said, you ought to preach. You ought to preach. You ought to holler. You ought to do this a time or two. You ought to wake them up. See, she didn't like teaching. So this person, she said, you, you preach. Now, a person that's in the will of God likes to hear preaching. And that's what God called me to do, is to preach. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. What that means is when people like it and when people don't like it. And every pastor that preaches the word of God as it is to people as they are know that people today don't like it. But if we uh, stick to the word of God, we will see that it's the word of God that saved you. It's the word of God that sets me apart. I don't know how many times on the way home from 109 Penn Avenue, I think that's what the address was, but it's Penn Avenue, where I was saved and where God called me to preach under Brother Bill, I used to ask my wife every, almost every service, don't he preach to anybody except me? You know, I miss my goal because my goal is that every one of you believe right now I'm talking to you. And I am. Because if you don't do those things, you can praise God for not doing those things. Because that body we live in is our enemy. It's our enemy. And we think that we've reached a part in our life that I wouldn't do this. I would not do that. But let's touch on concerning your destiny. Lost people are headed to hell. And I know hell to be outdated, politically incorrect, to even mention, but all people in the world who decide hell is no longer real cannot change its temperature one degree. And that's what a lady told me just a few weeks ago. You can never make me believe that God created hell and going to send people to hell. My God is a God of love. So I'm giving you more credit than you are me. I agree with that statement. God is a God of love. But yes, 
God created hell for all those who reject his son. Notice with me. Matthew 25. Matthew, the 25th chapter. When we look at Matthew 25, let's look at verse 41. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is a prepared place. And everyone that doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that His Son died for those that the Father gave Him is going to hell. I don't care how good morally you are. I don't care if you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't fool around with those who do. You're going to hell because you rejected Jesus Christ. said, then shall he say. Verse 42 says, for I was a hunger and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and he gave me no drink. I was a stranger and he took me not in. Naked and he clothed me not. Sick and in prison and ye visit me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hunger or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as he did it not to one of the least of these, he did it not to me. You know what God is saying there? We are to treat his children, saved our laws with some dignity. We justified and said, well, you know, everybody's hiring. Everybody's hiring, but why don't they... Get a job. Because we've got a government that will pay them not to work. We've got a government that will pay them not to work. Why would you work for minimum wage if the government would give you more than minimum wage? I mean, do we, me and you, do we really realize how much that this government is in debt? It's a funny money now. Funny money. 
And I believe those who need it, we ought to help them. But nobody that's able to work should be getting help when they turn down work. But that's the world we live in. And you Christians, you know. Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. Deuteronomy 32, verse 22. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I didn't just pull a verse out of context. I want us to know and realize that this world we live in right now is going to be burned up. It's gone. Deuteronomy 32.22. You know, the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever according to Revelation 14.11. So we need to understand that God is not willing that any should perish. That uh, verse, you know, has caused me a world of trouble on the visitation. I mean, if God is not willing that any should perish, why is anybody in hell, right? I mean, that's a pretty reasonable question for somebody that doesn't know the Scripture. But who's he talking to? Well, you've got to go back to First Peter to know that he's talking about his elect. God is not willing that any that the Son died for to go to hell. But a half-truth, I mean, Brother Vance, you know, I, I love you. I enjoyed you when you were on the radio. I, you know, we read your paper when you had it coming out, but, you know, God said he's not willing that uh, any of his people should perish. I mean, it's right here in Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 9. But who is he talking about? Well, you go to the beginning, and he's talking about his elect. If Jesus paid for my sin... He's not going to let me go through double jeopardy and I pay for my sin. He's already paid for it on the cross of Calvary. That's why it's so different than reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God. And that's why it's important. I was, I mean, I, I, I was blessed. I mean, I was set under a man that preached the Word of God. It is true. It's too much for you 
at this point and you want to put the left list down and say, it's your destiny. If truth is too much for you, just remember, someone had the courage to tell you the truth and warn you about such a place because they cared. You see, I didn't sit under Brother DeRossi for no long period of time, but we conversed almost weekly, and he was always there to help me. But any time that I questioned my pastor, he would say, let me show you why I believe this. Without exception, he would, because if you believe God's word, you don't have nothing else to go to if you don't believe the word. If the word says it, you're just rejecting what God said. These 66 books were not written by just anybody. They're God's inspired word. And it's difference between reading the word of God and studying the word of God. And you that have been with me a long time know that we study the attributes of God. Had each of you had a book. We made them spiral-bound books. On the attributes, on the church, on all of these doctrines, but you would have to read it and look it up. So, like the paper I passed out Wednesday night that that the brother copied from some Jewish writings, and he had, you know, I said, if you're gonna get anything about the red heifer and what else we're talking about, you got to read all of those. Because they're saying that Deuteronomy 9 and 8 teaches this and you never go back to Deuteronomy chapter 9 and 8 and study it and read it. It says something. It's too deep for me. But it's not. If you study Jewish history, you can find out exactly more than you can modern English modern history to know when certain things have to take place. That red heifer got to go back to Israel. That temple has got to be rebuilt. What is next? Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Well, I don't believe that. Then I don't have anything else to offer. See, concerning your destiny, you are most probably headed for hell if you don't believe the Bible. I know hell is supposed to be outdated and politically incorrect to even uh, mention, but hell is real and is going to be forever. How long is your loved ones going to be in heaven? Forever. Then me and my wife and you and your wife or husband or kids, you know, 
two brothers I haven't never seen. I'm going to spend eternity with them. How do you know that? Because they died at an age when they were not a cannibal. I told Kim, and, and I apologize for inserting, but it's, it's, you know, how knowledge, you know. I found birth statistics of Fred and, and Jean. I found a marriage license of mom and dad. You know, and... When I look at these, you know, Fred and Jean, they were real people. And when people say she got married too young, <laughs> you know, and Judy and Sue probably saying, don't get in that. Well, let me tell you, mom was 14, 14. Dad was 34, that pervert. far as I know, they were never separated. Never heard the word divorce. Y'all too, may. I never heard it. I started dating my wife. She was 14. Didn't marry her until she was 16. Well, you know, trouble of uh, marrying that young is sort of like being saved that young. Do you really understand it? Well, you know, the only man that my wife ever dated was me. For two years, we, and then for 55 years, we were married. When God says something and gives you something, it'll work. God has given you a pastor, whether you like him or not, is going to preach the word of God if I'm preaching to just one or two. I'm not going to change. You know. A preacher asked me this last week, are you going to change the way you preach? I changed. It was God that called me to preach. Why would we change? I can't save nobody. You can't save nobody. Only the Word can save somebody. Yes, Jesus said, Hell is everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels in Matthew 25, 41. And Moses quoted God saying, A fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn into the lowest hell. Deuteronomy 32, 22. God is not willing. God will not. God will not send one of his elect to hell. And God knows who is saved and who isn't. If you study the first chapter of Ephesians, that God wrote my name in the book of life before he created this world. 
So I don't believe that. It doesn't change God's word, any. So, no. You know, no, it, you know, then the person, so that means I was always saved. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that was where my brother got in trouble on Facebook, you know. God said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, and no lost person is going to be saved unless they hear the word of God. God already knows what I'm going to do the rest of this day. But he didn't predestinate it. God does not predestinate sin. Almighty God, churches promote people's goodness and God's love so much they ignore the fact that human nature has changed in 6,000 years. We have not changed if God saved us. We know. That's why we have trouble when, when people stay in a sound church for a number of years and they leave the church and they say, I used to believe that. You cannot stop Believe in the word of God if God taught it to you. You leave the church. You join some Protestant, whatever they are. But when God saved you, brother, and I probably should leave this off, but I'll just preach my convictions as I always do. I believe God saves people and he chose them in his son before the foundation of the world and people that God chose and going to believe what Jesus preached. You don't believe the doctrines of grace? Who are you following? You don't believe he built his church? I didn't say there was people in Protestant churches that wasn't saved. I didn't say that. I never have said that. But I will say this, and people close their Bibles sometime on me. The bride's going to be made up of Baptists. Jesus was a Baptist. Amen. Baptized by a Baptist preacher. Sent a Baptist preacher out to preach the word of God. Amen. Why does that offend you? Because your son or daughter or grandpa was a Baptist? God saves Baptists. God saves Presbyterians. God even saves those tongue-speaking Pentecostals. But he didn't save them because they speak in tongues. He saved them because they heard the word and believed the word and God granted them life. They just haven't been blessed. We win the lottery and we would want to tell everybody well, I won the lottery when God gave his grace to me. I got something the world didn't give me and the world can't take it away from me. Why don't we want to share that? Amen? As we close, here's the bottom line. As a sinner, you will face the wrath of your creator unless someone perfect and sinless Takes your place. That debt has got to be paid. You know. It's 
you know, and, and there's so many uh, worldly examples that we could, uh, could use, you know. There are no free rides in this world. We either believe in the saving grace of God or we believe in works. But you can't mix them. You can't mix them. And if I trust God, if I trust God for my salvation, why can't I trust God for my health? All the tests that they ran on me came back negative. Dr. Ken Marshall said, Mr. Vines, what do you owe that to? My great physician. You mean you have a doctor besides me? Oh, I got one greater than you, Doc. Jesus Christ is my physician. He set me apart. He called me. He saved me. And if I will get in the Word and stay in the Word, I will know what to do, when to do, and how to do it. It's when I want to preach without Him and I want to talk without Him and I want to brag on this and brag on that. I want to brag on Jesus. He'll save you. He'll heal you. And when it's time for you to go, that appointed time, you will go to glory. See, there's so many ways, there's so many ways we can uplift the Lord Jesus Christ without, you know, without... Putting ourselves in it. We need to know and understand that God knows our body. He knows how weak we are. And I believe that the stronger we are willing to uplift Him and give Him credit for everything, the longer He'll keep our body in working condition. And if I'm wrong, just leave me in my ignorance because I'm perfectly happy with that. If God has spoken to you, we'll give you an opportunity to acknowledge that. Pianist, Song leader.